Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Welcome back to How Are You, the Wellbeing Podcast. Today's guest is women's health digital editor, podcaster, author, and new mum, Amy Lane, aka Wellness Ed. Amy, welcome. Hello, Connie. Thanks for having me. Thank you so much for being a guest. I'm really excited because I think the last time we spoke, I was a guest on your, well, spoke like this because obviously we follow each other, but I was a guest on your podcast and you weren't a mummy yet, were you? No, Huxley was still cooking. I think, was I about, I don't know, maybe I was about six months pregnant. I wasn't right at the end, I don't think. So it's really interesting to now have a chat with you. Now I've been through that experience. Yeah. Still in, obviously, the experience of motherhood, thank God. Um, But, like, just learning about <laughs> it all, like, it's so tough, isn't it? Yeah, I can't wait to talk to you more about it. I feel like we might be similar in the sense that, like, we believe in ourselves. We're quite confident in our ability to do things. Like, obviously, you love running. That takes a, a sort of a certain mental attitude. But when it comes to motherhood, it throws all of that out the window. I feel like I lost who I was a little bit, but in the sense of like, oh my God, I thought I was just like capable of doing most things. Like what's going on here? I just wasn't prepared for that actually, because I prided myself on the fact that I could spin so many plates and I kept them up in the air for quite a long time. Sometimes they fell, but a lot of the time I, I was fine juggling a lot. Like my, my job was really busy, demanded a lot of me and I still managed to fit in like exercise around that and still have a healthy social life and all of these things. And then, so I kind of felt like I would go into motherhood and it would all be fine. Cause I was like, I've only got to look after one thing. Like that's just one plate. And I just hadn't realized how much time attention headspace and energy like looking after this one small human takes and actually you don't have the time to do all the other things that you kind of you thought you'd be able to do because actually you've got this tiny little human demanding demanding all of your time and attention calling all the shots so even if you make a plan it just gets thrown out of the window and so yeah I found the juggle of motherhood far tougher than the juggle of having a full-time career doing a side project of my podcast and like training for a marathon (laughs) that extra plate isn't an extra plate is it it's a cupboard full of plates it's so funny well we're going to talk more about that I'm going to ask you some more specific questions I love how open and honest you are I think some women are frightened to admit that it's hard when there's nothing to be ashamed of 
you know it doesn't mean that you're not good at it just because it's hard but before we go into all of that I want to ask you how you are I start off every episode with the question how are you so how are you I know it's obviously a pandemic and lockdown so you got to check in on your friends you know so actually thanks for asking that because I think that maybe we're not asking that enough at the moment because we're not seeing each other enough I'm doing okay I'm a little bit harassed by the juggle of motherhood and picking back up side projects and things and so actually just before coming on this podcast I was trying to like quickly express a feed so that he can have that whilst I'm doing this and so I some that makes me feel quite harassed because I'm constantly going from one thing to the next thing to the next but I'm so grateful that he's here I'm grateful that I've got this newborn baby that actually one of the positives I've taken out of lockdown because I like to see the positives and things is that I've got to really get to know him over the past five months because it has just been me like me and him and that time together I think has really helped us with breastfeeding so I don't think I would have still been breastfeeding now if we hadn't been in a pandemic because I think I would have been out and about and I do I do find it harder to breastfeed in public especially in the beginning and so looking at it right now I have to look at the pandemic and go gosh the only positive I can take away from this is I've actually got to spend more time with my nearest and dearest and that's really kind of helped us forge a really good relationship. Yeah do you think you would have gone back to work I know you're probably back you're back to work already I'm assuming are you back to work? So I'm back to working on my podcast um, and I'm on maternity leave from Women's Health. Okay, okay, cool. So you still got your side project going there. Do you think that if like life was normal, you might have gone back to work sooner, but probably not. You would have just stuck to your maternity leave, which is which is quite nice. I think maybe working for Women's Health, they're probably so understanding and stuff because I think some women feel real pressure to get back to work before maternity leave's over. So I actually think I've maybe rushed back or craved doing some work because of the fact that I've been in the house I'm a bit of a type a like I like to be quite I get off on being slightly stressed and busy and all of those type of things and whilst I am slightly stressed and busy as a mother um it's a different type and so I kind of craved this like using my brain in a different way so that's why I was really excited to go back to doing my podcast if we hadn't been in a pandemic I think maybe I might have held off picking back up projects again because I would have really, really, I think, have got into all the mother and baby groups and mm. got into like the social aspect of being a new mum and really kind of enjoyed that because after working, so I've been in the industry 11 years this year in journalism and I've worked non-stop since then. And so actually having a year off felt like the biggest luxury like a year off just to focus on one thing but that year off was meant to be different how it is so and I was really I was really excited about you know going to toddler groups or going to monkey music and meeting mums and kind of spending more time offline and obviously that hasn't happened so I think that kind of there was a part of me that kind of it made me miss my work a little bit and so I have gone back to doing my podcast and doing a few other things and now I've got that juggle I'm kind of going my god this is tough. (laughs) I think what it is is that it's quite monotonous being a mother is obviously lovely but when you're at home because obviously you can't do all those lovely things with the uh, classes and meeting other mums even I know 
I see jokes all, all the time about men or their partners saying, all you do is, you know, eat breakfast or have tea with your other mum friends. But it's obviously a joke and that's not the case. But how lovely would it be to just go and meet friends who have also got new babies in cafes and and have a cup of tea and a chat and get together? Like all those things you are missing out on, which is such a shame. But because you're not doing those and you're, you're just at home, it does make, I can imagine, motherhood quite monotonous and a little bit boring because it's a routine it's the same thing every day so I can totally understand why you've picked up a side project at home because it gives you another sense of purpose as well and you don't want to lose that identity of of who you are because you're more than just a mum and that's something I actually struggled with quite a lot was like I know I'm a mum but I'm still like career driven and ambitious and I still have my other passions you know and I didn't want to lose them I think it's lonely and I think the times when I have got to see other mums out on walks, we just chat and, you know, the chat might not seem like much to anybody else. And it's it's asking about like, are you giving your baby a comforter? And like that might seem like quite a simple, small kind of question to somebody else. But what they don't realise is it's actually quite loaded because you've probably spent a lot of time like stressing about like these choices with your new baby and you're you're doing it by yourself or you're doing it with Google whereas actually you're just suddenly out and you're having a conversation and I've I don't know if you found this but I found that actually things which have become really big in my head suddenly become much smaller as soon as I'm chatting about them with mum friends and they're like oh yeah I've been doing this and I've been doing this and it just helps you feel much better I think it can help give you confidence and I can think it it can help you stop like obsessing over things and so actually I found that when I have managed to have that social contact, like it's just kind of brought me down, like brought me down from this level of anxiety down to kind of like a normal, normalish level, I would say, um, and just made me feel much better. I don't know about you, Connie, but I've really, I found that I've really obsessed over the small details, and my husband is really, really supportive. But once I've asked him like five times about should I do X, Y, or Z, for instance, like should I give Huxley a comforter? he's just not that engaged in the conversation however my mum friends are totally there and they can chat about the same topic over and over and over again and then just make you feel much better about stressing about these things so yeah so I think I found it tough because I've missed that social contact because I find that like when you've got people that are in the same situation as you they're a really good sounding board yeah I can imagine it kind of just it's just a relief and I, I I'm not this amazing dads are amazing but it is different when you're a mom I don't know I think you just naturally take on those little worries uh and stresses and I think in my relationship anyway like Ricky will be quite indecisive and I'm the decision maker but when I became a mom it was a bit like wow I was really good at making decisions but now it's my child and you know it's a human you do doubt yourself a little bit more don't you so to listen to other mums in your situation I can imagine is a comfort in itself like ironically so how how sleep then because I had a sleep consultant in the end I couldn't bear it any longer so I almost feel like I don't want to jinx it by talking about (laughs) it um I seem to have given birth to a teenager so from about I don't know 
10, 11 weeks, he has slept through the night and he's now sleeping like 13 hours at night. Like I have to go in and wake him up in the morning that I'm like, come on, buddy. Like it's time to start the day. But he doesn't really nap in the day. Like he has short, what they call cat naps. Um, I'm learning all the lingo at the moment. And so he is very much like a short napper throughout the day, but sleeps loads at night. So I'm never going to grumble because I know obviously like sleep is the most precious commodity to mums, but it does make the days slightly more challenging because whereas some of my, like my mum pals have got babies, you know, that are having lovely long two hour naps. Huxley after 30 minutes, you just see his eyes on the baby cam and he's like, hello, come and get me. (laughs) But yeah. It's definitely probably because he's having so so long at night that he doesn't need as much in the day, I guess. Just thinking about what my sleep consultant would say in that situation. But what she would also say is if it works for you, then great. But, you know, I, I live for the day naps because it's that is my time to like, it just breaks up my day from a screaming, tantruming toddler. It allows me to have a cup of tea in peace, whack on this morning or loose women or whatever's on the telly a bit of rick stein in cornwall do some work and and a lot cleaning we were talking about cleaning how we're not very domesticated we're more sort of career driven but i've always been quite maternal but i rather my time go towards my work than cleaning my house and stuff how are you finding even just juggling things like that so i am no mrs hinch and i've really struggled because I kind of did the bare minimum before having a baby and now I found that actually the bare minimum doesn't really work when there's a small human that like creates so much mess like mess in his clothes mess in a room like I've got muslins in like every single place around the house um just to try and like mop up spit or sick and stuff and like all of that obviously is washing and tidying and I've actually just found that really tough like staying on top of like all of the kind of the baby and the household admin that kind of they create and I just I don't know I just wasn't ready for that like I was ready to have my newborn baby and to feed him and to change his nappy and those type of things and I was ready for all the kind of you know like the lovely stuff but I hadn't got my like my head ready for all of the kind of the like energy sapping stuff, like the stuff which you have to do in between sleeps. Like it's just kind of unavoidable. So yeah, I have to say I found it I found it quite tough. But and like we've we've got all Samsung appliances for some reason. They were they were obviously on deal um, when we got them, and they all play like a little jingle <laughs> when they finish. And so, like, my days at the moment, like, either the tumble dryer's doing a jingle or the washing machine's doing a jingle or the dishwasher's doing it. And sometimes I'm like, I don't know know where to go next. (laughs) It's so funny. They're all the things that stop you from napping when the baby's napping because people say, I want to sleep where the baby sleeps. I can't because I've got two washing baskets that are overflowing. You know, I've got a sink full of dishes and bottles and stuff and yeah you know that quote my mum always used to say a mother's job is never done I get it I totally get it yeah and you do try and chill out a bit and you go well it doesn't matter if if I don't do that now well be like the downside of that is you've still got to do it like if you don't like clean up the dishes in the evening you've still got to wake up and do it. Like you don't get like a, this like cleaning fairy that comes in and does it all for you and or like the bottles still need doing or the breast pump needs sterilizing, et cetera, et cetera. So 
yeah I just I wasn't prepared to be this busy with things which I wouldn't have thought like I was busy before with so much work and now my work is totally different I just wasn't ready to be this busy as a new mum it's stuff that you don't take into account it's stuff that's not really in the baby books or you know people don't really mention it to you do they and then on top of all of that I would say you're you're very much a modern woman you like to stay fit and healthy obviously you're the digital editor of women's health if you follow Amy on socials you'll see her page it's very motivating and honest but you were a very keen runner before you became a mum you stayed fit throughout your pregnancy is now fitting exercise which feels like such a luxury for me fitting exercise on top of what like you've said all these household chores that oh that are just just so annoying and just being a mum and working I mean how is it for you please tell me you're struggling like me (laughs) Well, yeah, I firstly, I want to say I'm really sorry to anyone who is a mum who I probably questioned why they couldn't fit in exercise in their day. Like I've definitely done that in the past, like with my friends or my my sisters. I've now got two children and she was like, I just don't have the time. And I was like, come on, you know, you do have the time. You can find 20 minutes. And I've realised that actually finding 20 minutes is really tough. Like 20 minutes as a mum seems to be the equivalent of finding two hours like pre-baby which was kind of I would never really find two hours in my day to work out before because I you know it was an hour max and like so now finding 20 minutes is just so tough and so I wasn't really ready for that and so no I'm not fitting it in every day and yes I am struggling and in the beginning so I kind of thought I thought I'd be one of those women that got to six weeks and just picked back up where they left off like I did do a lot of exercise during pregnancy I kept really strong and I was running till about seven months and you know I was still in our homemade gym the week before giving birth and then obviously I gave birth and I thought at six weeks I'd get my sign off and you know I'd just skip back down to our homemade gym and I'd start on my postnatal rehab plan and I'd have the baby in the sleepy (laughs) head next to me and you know it was all just going to be lovely and then the reality was it's six weeks my body felt so broken I was exhausted because I know he now sleeps through the night but he in the beginning he was feeding every two hours and he fed every two hours for quite a number of weeks and so I was exhausted like my clothes were constantly covered like was soaked in milk from breastfeeding I ate in places I wasn't expecting to ate I I just yeah I just hurt and and so I got to six weeks and I was just I felt like I'd been both physically and mentally um bashed and so the reality was I didn't go back to exercise then um, and I'm really glad about it and I spent a long time trying to get more sleep not when not when he slept in the day definitely not but just at night like as he slept more I slept more and then I kind of really had a word with myself and made me realize that I can't go back to life before him like that doesn't exist anymore there's only life with him and there's only my body now like my body before doesn't exist and so I just took it really gentle and I did a lot of walking like I, I realised that I was actually walking like 5k a day and that must be like all of those nap laps, you know, just trying to get them to sleep in the pushchair. And so I took all pressure off and I just kind of eased my way 
grad like ease my way back in gradually but even now like I'm doing couch to 5k at the moment and I started couch to 5k seven weeks ago and I'm only on week five and that's because I just can't get in the number of sessions most weeks that it wants like that it wants it to so I'm having to rather than do it in seven days I've got more like a 10 day week but I'm just ticking them off when I can and celebrating those days when I do get to work out and on the days when I don't get to work out well then something else has come up and I've had to do it. I love how honest you are and like the fact that you were such a like super runner and you are so happy to openly say I'm doing couch to 5k because this might sound really bad but I think a lot of people associate that with people that are overweight lazy like can't be bothered but it's not the case you know especially when you're a mum and you know you're not the priority anymore um so it's so refreshing to hear that from you um someone with your job role I remember doing a piece for women's health about the whole bouncing back thing and I was in the uh, the article Macy was 12 weeks old it was like scary because I knew I was being photographed and you know I hadn't you know, gone back to exercise like I thought I would, as you're saying. But do you feel like people need to talk more honestly and openly about exercise after after pregnancy and, and the taboos of exercise, actually, and the fact that women, not all women bounce back and actually we do ache and it does hurt and there's no rush and there's things that you should do before you start trying to run 5K like you did before? So I think the most eye-opening, one of the really eye-opening things that has happened to me during this experience was understanding the pelvic floor and how important that is to getting back to exercise. I don't think that's spoken about enough. And then you have a lot of women who put up with pelvic floor dysfunction. So for instance, like leaking, and then they're not able to then exercise or move how they want to. And actually, we need to be talking about how to prevent those issues and heal those issues and help people in that kind of stage before pushing them straight back into exercise it's almost like you need it for like you need to lay strong foundations so that you know then people can go on to move more I think we also need to kind of talk about like the mental toll of pregnancy and labor and be like it's okay if you don't want to go back to organized exercise you know in the first few months like take all that pressure off like we've Mm. seen so many you know we do see these mums who manage to do it but I think there's a lot more of us that don't manage to go back to workouts in you know like a like a workout class with a baby on the floor which I thought I would be able to do I thought I'd be able to do that and I didn't and I almost felt like I almost felt like I wasn't doing well enough because I couldn't do that so I just think we we need to kind of talk a bit more about actually that fourth trimester they call it is really really tough and remove all expectations do the things which you need to do to feel good in your body and mind and then like here's how you progress back into like an organized exercise program safely and one that isn't going to stress you out like I don't know about you Connie but I suddenly realized that I can no longer do a workout which is over half an hour unless I've got childcare so or unless I've got my husband um, my husband's got Huxley because 
I never finish it because if he only sleeps for half an hour, what's the point in doing a 45 minute workout? Like that's just stressful because then you never complete something. So you almost feel like you're always, you're always a bit of a failure because you're like, God, it was so hard to get here and I haven't finished it. And now he's crying and you're just so torn. I've gone off on a tangent there. I'm rambling, but um, no, I think we no, need no. to help women understand <laughs> like, that you don't have to do it all in the first in you know in the first four months like do these things to rehab and then when you want to get back to it this is how you this is how you can progress and that's why I'm doing couch to 5k like this all started off because you you know you mentioned that actually it's kind of probably not given um the kind of prestige that it deserves just because it is seen as such a basic program but actually if you want to get into running then you need to progress into it gently and safely. And so that's why I chose it. Cause I was like, you know, I need to, I need to build it up slowly. So I need to be walking and running and I need something that's motivating. And yeah, no, absolutely. I've been using the um, Nike uh, running app and they've got guided runs on there. And I found them really motivating. And like, I was running for 20 minutes without stopping, which I mean, when I spoke on your podcast, I done my first 5k and it took me, uh, like 38 minutes which was great but then the weather's changed and I ate more because of comfort in the winter and Christmas came and then I got busier with work and then my like you say you can't have that organized routine anymore when you're a mum and when you're a working mum too or if you haven't got childcare. so I've gone back to running more recently and I've been using the guided the guided runs on there and I found them really helpful and they make you believe but you're so right in the sense that actually really it is about your mental health and your mindset and when you've just had a baby if your first thought is how can I lose this weight then there's something that you need to work on there, you know, and I can understand it because the pressures of society and we do still see like influencers and celebrities showing their bodies, they bounce back because they've just done Pilates for six weeks. And it can be hard, you know, if you're like me as well, for example, who I'm not slim, I'm not naturally slim. I gained a lot of weight in pregnancy. I gained a lot of water retention in pregnancy. It takes a lot for me to lose two pounds, let alone two stone, you know? It's just my genetic makeup. But the most important thing that I've learned looking back, because I really regret how negative my uh, mindset was in terms of my body. I hated my post-birth post body. I, I couldn't even look at myself rather than appreciating what it's just done and the fact that it's grown a baby and birthed a baby. I just looked at myself in disgust and it's taken a lot of strength and a lot of talking to myself to, to realize that actually that fourth trimester is about you and the baby and that connection and working on that and doing things that make you feel good mentally. So that might be exercise, but not to focus on the weight loss and the, you know, getting getting your abs back and stuff. It's it's about focusing on your pelvic floor and 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 your and your health rather than your aesthetics. Yeah, and to not downplay pram walks. Like there are so many benefits to walking. And so actually if you are out and about every day with your baby in a pushchair, you are getting your steps in, you are, you know, you are reaping the benefits of that exercise. So if that's all you can manage in your day and your pelvic floor work, that's absolutely fine. Like just take the pressure off. And then when you have got a bit more time, kind of think, right, I've got a bit more time and how do I want to spend it and plan in some more structured exercise in that time, but doing things that you really enjoy. Obviously, I, you know, 
coming from my background I believe that we should all be doing some strength work and we should all be doing some form of cardio just because it's a healthy balance but I think it's about doing the things there's so many variations of that so find something which you really enjoy and then do that in your time because ultimately we've only got a certain amount of time in the day to do things so you've kind of you've got to be careful where you spend your time and you don't want to be spending it on things that you don't enjoy because that just makes you sad and it makes you want to do it less many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out my solution is plush care plush care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. What advice would you give to anyone listening who had a baby, whether whether they're under one or under two, under three, like even, and they still haven't got back to exercise? What would the first step be, would you say? I think one of the first things is to kind of understand where you are. So I don't think you can kind of figure out where you want to get to until you understand your starting point, because otherwise I think you can put it's quite easy to put unrealistic expectations on yourself. So for instance, if you're not doing any movement at all, and you're like, I want to run a 10k by June, that's really far. And that's a really big goal. And actually, that might be quite hard to achieve if you don't have, you know, a certain amount of time in your week. So I'd definitely think about where you are. Secondly, I think there's so many fantastic free pelvic pelvic health resources out there. So I've worked with Helen Keeble at Umi Health. I did an IGTV with them and they are a platform for women who have advice about pelvic floor and about the importance of it and how to kind of like strengthen it or look for any problems. Um, It's a really useful platform. And so they've got a free version and paid version. But I would check in with a kind of resource there to kind of like gauge where your kind of internal structure is. Not that you can see inside, but you should be able to kind of like get a good idea if everything's kind of working okay. And then I would say, find something which you're really into. And so for instance, it might be a case of that actually you've decided that you've got 60 minutes a week. And so 
to start off with you're going to spend that on a dance class and that is totally fine like do something which you're into that makes you feel good that gives you confidence and kind of do that for a little bit and then after you know two months three months think about how you can build on that and you can progress if it's running I would definitely say that you should check in with there's a brilliant women's physio called Emma Brockwell and she is on Instagram as physio mum I believe and she wrote guidelines for returning to running and they basically say that you shouldn't really be returning to running until kind of three months minimum postpartum and then working up gradually from there so you could check in with her page. She's got some brilliant IGTVs on returning to running and some strength tests, which you should do before, you know, hitting the streets. And then or check in with a trainer called Charlie Barker, who's got bumps and burpees. She's just brought out a new book. And I would say that 80% of it is around training whilst pregnant. But there is a chapter about training after pregnancy and she gives you brilliant photos so you can easily follow the exercises so you could check in with that and follow her program to kind of get you back in but just make sure that you're following a proper expert a postnatal expert mm. uh, Charlie's one of my guests so you may have heard the episode or the episode will be coming out depending on the how are you timetable but yeah she's fabulous I, I trained with her myself when I was pregnant but yeah she's great and it's true it's, it's following the experts people that specifically talk about postnatal prenatal and yeah exercise in pregnancy because like you mentioned before like we've evolved our bodies changed you have to accept that your body's not the same as what it was before your life has changed you've you know you got to evolve with it and change with it and move with it and it's not a bad thing you know change isn't a bad thing you know you've chosen to be a mother it's a gift and it's just adapting to that new life and adapting to anything new takes time you know whether it's a new job or a new hairstyle or a new foundation you know it takes time to adapt to change embrace it and I think I'm sure you agree with me Amy but I think one of the most important things in all of this is not to compare your journey through motherhood to anyone else's absolutely support each other but comparing is a dangerous dangerous slope to go down because we're all so different like Amy imagine if I compared my exercise routine to yours where we're so different it's easy to say that though isn't it and to then to make sure that you don't do it is harder, I think, because I found, I don't know about you, but I found that sometimes our little mum groups can get a bit competitive. I'd say more so with the babies than with ourselves. So suddenly it's like you're talking about like, oh, is he standing up yet? Oh, oh is he showing any signs of um, crawling? And you're so happy for that mum's baby to be doing that. But then you're suddenly like, why is he not doing that? And I can feel like this competitive nature like <laughs> kicking in and I have to like pull myself back and go, <laughs> he will do those things when he's ready to do them. Um, stop being a pushy parent. <laughs> um, so yeah, so I totally agree that we, we all must make sure that we don't compare ourselves. And if we do find that we're comparing ourselves, just to kind of take a moment, shut your eyes, take a deep breath and go, I feel much better if I don't do that. <sighs> yeah, for sure. And there'll be things that people are thinking, oh, wow, how, like, how is she managing to do that? Or, oh gosh, like I know Macy, I get messages all the time. Like, oh, how, how did you teach her to hold the, the fork and the spoon so well? And I'm like, oh God, I actually don't know. I think Macy learns more from the TV than she does from me right now. I'm not even joking. I'll be totally <laughs> honest. <laughs> But um, I, I found like the, the best thing to do is as a mom, I feel like I, I'm a 
aware that mums compare and mums worry because I do have mums that will message me and go, oh my God, how did Macy say that she's only whatever? And actually, so what I actually try to do is be quite a modest mum. If I think, oh, you know, maybe that's a bit advanced. I obviously show Macy on my Instagram, but I'm not like, look at my child, look at how advanced she is. She's so clever and oh, amazing. She's saying 500 words and she's not even two. I think you've got a responsibility as a mum to be conscious of other mums as well. Yeah, and I think self-awareness in every aspect of life goes a long way because you never know what type of day somebody else is having. You never know what they've been through. Like you don't know all of those things. So actually, I think just being a little bit self-aware of what we say because words have so much power can actually really help others out and therefore help you out Mm. yeah no I've learned the hard way in that situation where I haven't been self-aware with a friend where I was trying for a baby and they had sadly lost a baby and you know the yeah the communication you know got muddled there wasn't any communication so it really affected our friendship and it's taken time to rebuild that so yeah I've definitely learned that being self-aware especially when it comes to parenting it's it's a it's a delicate subject in a lot of ways you know because it's your child and they're the most important thing so self-awareness that's definitely that's a great point what about self-awareness when it comes to social media and people showing off their their bodies because I'm so happy for you know, whether you've not not bothered about wanting to lose weight, whether you've decided to get back to it and get to your pre-baby weight straight away, whatever, whatever's happy for them, I'm I'm happy. And there's some people that will give birth and give it a few weeks, their belly goes flat again. Like I didn't have that. And I'm happy for you. But I feel like maybe if you're a celebrity with a following, it might be important to be self-aware because I think a lot of women will find it hard but I don't know about you what do you think about that so when I had Huxley I um I did an Instagram story and he he was I didn't put him on Instagram for a few weeks because we had a really tricky birth and I was in hospital for the first week and anyway I came out and I did this Instagram story and it was just kind of sharing what had been going on and there was like a final um picture and I had just taken a picture of my baby from above on my lap I was in bed and I think I just fed him and it was just you know one of those moments where they're very milk drunk and you're just like oh they're just the best thing yeah and anyway I'd taken this picture and I put it in my story and you could see a bit of my stomach and I am fortunate that my body did go back to like some kind of new iteration of what it was before around my middle quite quickly like my belly just went down extremely quickly I didn't I hadn't had much water retention and so actually that picture did show that I had quite a flat stomach and I got trolled I had various comments within my Instagram um, DMs saying I can't believe you're putting up a picture of your flat stomach and then I had as equally as many comments going oh my god your six packs back already. Oh my God, that's amazing. Blah, 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 blah. And so the trolling I just ignored because I knew that I hadn't taken that picture. I'd taken that picture and I'd shared that picture without even realizing my stomach was in it. I just shared that picture because he was my beautiful baby. Like I just fed, he was on my legs. And then for the, all the people that had kind of celebrated the fact that I'd had this six pack, I was like, all you've done is see aesthetics in that picture. And you've totally missed the whole sentiment of my Instagram story of how actually I, you know, he's 
he had a really tough entrance into this world, blah, 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 blah. We've got quite a lot of healing to do. And all of that had got mm. missed because there was just this focus mm. on this bit of my stomach in this picture. And so I ended up actually then putting up an Instagram picture um, of me and him and just saying, actually, a lot of people have asked about my body and how I got it, how I seemingly got it back very quickly. Um, and actually, nobody's asked about mm. my mind and asked, how am mm. I? you know from the outside it looked like I was doing really well but on the inside I was mm. really crumbling and I didn't expect to feel like that I didn't expect to have a traumatic birth and so I kind of feel like that I don't think we should ever well I just think gloating isn't a nice quality in anyone I don't think we should look at those pictures and think oh my god isn't she perfect because you don't know what's going mm. on behind the scenes and I think actually the people that do post a seemingly perfect reality if they're not having that that kind of that picture perfect moment off Instagram then actually they should probably talk about it because I do think like you said we've got a responsibility to share authentic content and to share a more realistic version of life so that we're not like distorting people's perceptions of like motherhood or reality that's a completely perfect response because it shows both sides in that you know you didn't do anything for your tummy to go back like you said it's just a genetic thing it's just your makeup you didn't have the water retention that's why I say don't compare your your body to anyone else's because you'll never be someone else and you don't know how you're going to react and we might be different in our next pregnancies you know if we do have next pregnancies so you've covered that in the sense that actually a lot of the time like you can't help it you know you know it, it just happened but actually the most important point you made was how irrelevant that is in that moment and why I love this podcast is because how are you it's all about focusing on how you feel rather than how you look you know and obviously you know, we all like to put on a bit of makeup here and there, do our, do our hair. And we like to exercise, not just because it makes us feel strong, but yeah, there's aesthetic benefits to it. But the most important thing is how things make you feel, you know, and I think we need to focus more on that. And I hope things are changing. And I think there is more honesty on social media, but I do think there needs to be more. I think there needs to be more. I think that we need to see more more bodies, more real bodies everywhere, you know, postnatal, prenatal, even nothing to do with pregnancy and, and, um, and motherhood. Oh, 100%. And I think how people choose, like, if people choose to train really hard, and they choose a very chiseled, lean aesthetic, then I think it's important that we explain what it takes to get that look because actually that does take a lot of time effort all of those type of things so let's not just pretend that it's easy because it's not like mm. to be you know to get to that kind of state does is really hard and I think it's important that we convey that message so that people go actually I don't look like that because I don't have 30 hours a week to dedicate to looking like that or you know I'm not a PT I'm a person with a job with a child with x y and z that I'm you know that I'm fitting into my life I've only got one hour of exercise a day like one hour a day to do on exercise and that is completely fine so I'm not going to try and get to this level I'm mm. going to be here and I'm going to be happy because I feel good and therefore I'm happy with 
how I look kind of if that makes sense like I just think there needs to be more transparency when it comes to the messages that we put across absolutely I mean I'm someone who had a massive transformation um, because I went self-employed and had all this time to focus on my health and fitness and to make amazing meals and to do a nutrition diploma and to train with my brother for an hour four or five times a week who's like a big PT you know and then I had Macy and I was thinking you know I can go back to that it's fine yeah Bradley will train me still I'll find an hour oh my gosh what a shock like it made me realize like you said, how did I ever like say to someone, you can find the time, you know, even if you're not a mum, but you're, you might be working two jobs to pay your rent. Yeah. You know, it's, it's a bit, it's been a big wake up call. And I've, I've found moments where I felt really low and I've really been unkind to myself because I'm like looking at old photos of that time. My life was completely different. That's all I had to worry about was how I looked and how I felt, you know, and it's totally different now. So I I have to remind myself that. Yeah. So if anyone's listening and they're, they're wondering like why they're feeling like a failure, I guess, because they don't look like how they looked before they had a baby. It was because your whole life has changed, you know? Your whole life has changed and you have to be kind to yourself. Yeah, I agree. I think it starts with kindness. I think if you do things with being kind in mind, then you always seem to make better choices. That's a really nice tip. I really like that. I'm going to remember that. Amy, thank you so much for being such an amazing guest. I, um, I'm i going to round it up there because I feel like that's a really nice point to end it on. I think at the moment as well in this pandemic and stuff, everyone's struggling with their mental health. They're struggling with their physical health at times and their body image. So make a decision with being kind in mind. I think I got that right. And the last question I want to ask you is the question that I ask all my guests at the end of the podcast is what piece of advice would you give your younger self? I think I tell my younger self to whatever my goal is, to have that goal, but to bring it down a level or two so that it's more realistic. I think I've been so guilty of setting unrealistic expectations with things that actually I've put a lot of pressure on myself to be to be the best at everything. And you know what? Sometimes you don't have to be the best. You've just got like, just be good or just be average. And that is completely fine. So I think if I could go back, I'd tell myself to like, just to bring things down a little level. And I think you'd enjoy those things a lot more so just chill and enjoy the moment enjoy the process it doesn't have to be all or nothing essentially amazing thank you so much amy i've really enjoyed this chat it's lovely seeing your face too yeah definitely it's really been a highlight of kind of this lockdown so have a good chat thank you bye Witness history at Roland Garros, where old rivalries meet new talent on the clay battleground. Tennis Channel Plus is your place to watch. Stream every court from your phone or smart TV live in HD. Experience three weeks of unparalleled access as the world's top players in tennis face off to see if the veterans maintain their dominance or if a fresh face rises to challenge them. Daily live coverage of the French Open begins Monday, May 20th. Stream it now with Tennis Channel Plus to be there when it happens. 
What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.